Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is Rugby League expert League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you going there, mate? I'm going pretty well, Rugby League expert Andrew Ferguson. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sore as hell, but uh, that's what you get when you actually do a bit of physical exercise for the first time in three decades. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you've just got to do what you've got to do. Yeah, I'm going to be feeling old like this until I'm 92. Yeah, it just gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody age. Now, uh, <laughs> today we're going to be looking at a few things that are going on in the game at the moment. So most most mm. obviously is going to be the uh, state of origin. Mm. The Queensland team has announced that their lineup for game three. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got Cameron Munster will now be at fullback with Kalen Pong out injured. Uh, Corey Oates, Michael Morgan, Will Chambers, Dane Gagai, unchanged backline. Corey Norman comes in at 5'8", to replace Munster, who's gone back to fullback. Uh, Cherryman's still halfback and captain. Offa Hengawi comes in replacing Napa. Uh, ben Hunt, Josh Papali, Kafusi, Gillette, Maguire on the bench, Ambai, Welch, Glasby, and Fafida. I don't think they've got enough halves, eh? They do need about five more. Yeah, yeah, and and then they'll have enough halves. It's a it's a weird lineup. I don't like it. I feel like it's unbalanced. Yeah, like you, um, uh, I don't like Munster at fullback. Yeah, I I think that Munster is without doubt the best five eighth in the game today. I think he's one of the top five players in the game today. Anytime he gets the ball. He's a chance to do something that you don't want him to do as a New South Wales fan. And playing him at fullback, I just think that, yeah, if I was Queensland, I would want him to have the ball as much as possible. And, you know, I've got no doubt he can play. He could play any position in the back line, I think. But he's a fantastic player. But I just don't understand why you move somebody that's that good from 5'8 to fullback when you have other choices there that could probably do the job. Um you know, maybe not even as well as, as Munster would, but I, I just feel as though it weakens their, their halves. I think it weakens their team having him play at fullback. Yeah, I think the smart thing would have been to leave him at six and just bring Mbai off the bench and put him at fullback and then bring Capewell in onto the bench. And that way you've, you've strengthened up your bench, you've you've kept Mbai in the side and you've kept Munster at 5'8". Um, Corey Norman has been playing good. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But... Um, I think they've got more than enough ball players in the team as it is already. Yeah, I, I just don't don't see the sense in it. I mean, you know, it, Morgan. Even if you put Morgan straight to fullback, it. I just feel as though they they have a strength there in in uh, what's his name Munster, but I feel as though it weakens their team, and I don't understand it. I also don't understand why they've named so many. I mean, they've got so many players that play in the halves that are playing out of position in different areas of their team. And at some point, it's got to have an effect on them. You know what I mean? It's I, I really don't like it at all. Yeah, it's it's surprising how low they are when it comes to um, three quarters as well because you've got having to put Michael Morgan in, in at the centres literally because, A, he needs to be in the side, and B, there's no other centres to play. mm you know that that's at this origin quality yet is that's crazy. Yeah, and I I feel as though they've 
And look, I understand why they've sort of moved away from wanting to test out a younger player in, in the outside backs, but at some point you've got to do it. You know, you can't can't have uh, Morgan playing out there for forever. He's, it's just not his job. So, yeah, yeah well, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, interesting lineup, And I also think with the, the slippery ground that you normally get in Sydney, I don't know how that's going to work with the sort of lineup that they've got. I feel as though if... If you were playing on a dry field, you could probably look at this lineup and say, well, they want to get a lot of ball playing and stuff like that in the side. It's always slippery at ANZ Stadium overnight, and I just feel as though that plays against this sort of team. It does a little bit. Um, the other big change for me is, which had to happen, was Dylan mm-hmm. Napper got dropped and off of yeah. he came in. Um, Napper was. No disrespect to the guy, but he was a non-event in in game two, mm-hmm. probably even in game one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just work rate was just down too far for what they needed. Uh, he was hidden in yeah. game one because the rest of the side was playing really well and they got the win. But game two, uh, especially in those slow conditions where the big guys tend to be a little bit more heavily featured because you're trying to get any advantage you can, he still didn't have much um, you know, meters gained or did much defensive work compared to the other Queensland players. So it made sense that he, he went missing there from the Game 3 side. It's interesting, though, that it's not too often that Queensland drops a player for not playing well. Mm. Um, I mean, like, you think back of how many players they've properly dropped like that, and it's not too many. So uh, it shows you how poorly he played, especially in that second game, where he really should have been one of their better players and, and just the work rate wasn't there. So it's uh, – I was a little bit surprised when they picked him in the first game, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, you know, going for game three, it's, it's not too much of a surprise. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this lineup plays against New South Wales. In New South Wales, I would probably say that barring any suspensions and anything like that, New South Wales is just going to run back the same team from game two, and it's hard to argue that. Um, there was talk that Clemmer might come back into the side for Saifidi, but I just, I, it's very hard to argue against just running it back again because they played so well and they were so settled and, and you know, won by so many points. It's you just got to run it back. Yeah, I think the, the main aim is to have... Um you know, the 17 from the last game stay as intact as possible. But mm. I still think Sofidi was uh, comfortably outplayed by Clemmer just on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Clemmer's uh, return was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think he offers a lot more to the, the origin side than Sofidi does. Mm-hmm. So they're saying Clemmer could actually not get picked at all, uh, which is interesting because he was very good in the first game, even though he's, he got injured during that match. But... Mm. He may pick up a bench spot if Tarek Sims is suspended uh, on Tuesday night at the judiciary after he's hit on Michael Morgan on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Clemmer might find a way in there. I'll tell you what, that's that's not a bad situation to be in where you, you've got a bench spot that's it's going to be between Tarek Sims or David Clemmer. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a rude position to be in. And both of them, um, fantastic players, both of them without question, origin standard players, uh, yeah, to be able to 
you know, bring in someone like Clamour would be absolutely fantastic for New South Wales. I hope that Sims gets all, gets off. You know, I I don't want to see him get suspended, but if he does, um, yeah, bring, you just bring Clamour straight in and it's no problems at all. I guess the other situation is with Cleary, Nathan Cleary. Um, I have felt from the moment that he did that injury that he would be in game three. Uh, I I think that they they're willing to give him all the time that he needs, and I I just don't really have any doubt that he's going to be there for game three. What about you? Do you? Yeah, look, I'm, of... I'm I'm confident that he's going to be there for game three. Um, mm-hmm. Fitler said he's giving he's going to give him till Thursday this week to prove his fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if he if he doesn't get fit, then the person the media's pushing for at the moment is Mitchell Pearce again. Mm. Um, but I'd actually have Chad Townsend ahead, ahead of Mitchell Pierce. I think if you want to go into this game um, and you want to have a, a house pairing who know each other, then I'd prefer to have Chad Townsend in there over Mitchell Pierce because Pierce has got a, a long history of losing Origin games mm-hmm. and series, and this one's on the line. Uh, and Townsend has actually played with with Maloney, and I just think that that should count for something. And Townsend's been playing good footy, even though the Sharks lost on the weekend. He was still playing good footy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'd I'd, be, I'd prefer to go that way. If if Cleary's out, I'd bring Townsend in. I wouldn't worry about changing anything else. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. But I, I'm fairly certain Cleary's going to be fit. Yeah, same here. And look, I, I if it was if Cleary isn't fit, I would just have Graham at five eighth. To be honest, I would have him and Maloney moving into the halfback role, and I think that. Uh, once again, with the conditions that we'll see at ANZ Stadium, um, that would work pretty well. Um, I watched Mitchell Pearce last night on the Matty John show, and considering that they would have been, uh, the round had just finished and they would have been, you know, sorting out the New South Wales team not too long after the round uh, finished, because that's what, Fittler has said he does. He sort of waits for the round to be over and then he picks his team. Um, Pierce didn't seem like a dude that was gearing up for an origin game. He seemed like a guy that was pretty relaxed, that didn't have that weight on his shoulders. And that he, the way he was talking about it, he he come across as a player that felt like his time at origin level was over and was probably being polite when talking about, oh, yeah, he would still you know, be willing to play for New South Wales, but he just come across as a guy that he knew it was, it was part his past. It was in his past and there was nothing there about, he, he just didn't look like a player that was getting ready for another origin game ever again. So that was pretty telling to me. Yeah. He's, and he's been doing this the whole year too. Mm. He's been downplaying his origin chances all year. Mm. Like every time he says, "Yeah, look, it'd be nice to get picked," but I think you know the young guys have played well. Or, you know they've got to stick with who they've got there because you know they had they won last year. And the, you know, he's always found an excuse not to get picked, and he's always explained it. Mm-hmm. And some people will say he's just being humble and polite. That may be so, but at the same time, if you're if you are generally trying to get yourself into the origin side, that you're not you're not going to make those comments. You're mm. going to talk about your own. You're going to sell yourself. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to put the other guys down. You're just going to say, so, yeah, I've been playing really good. You know, we had this good win and my form's been really good. Yeah, that sort of crap. You know, they go on with that sort of stuff. And goal, and they sort of toe the line that's been sent, you know, fed them by the uh, by the media there. They was trying to, you know, push their chances, I guess. But he's just sort of downplayed it the whole time and, and talked about the other guys. So 
to me, it's it said to me all along that he's he's had no intention of playing Origin this year, regardless of his form. Yeah, and I think the thing you got to remember too is that the media is really good at asking questions that are loaded. So yeah. I mean, and you think about it as yourself as an individual. If somebody said to you, "Would you be willing to play for New South Wales?" Of course, pretty much anyone would say, "Ah, uh, yeah, I would." doesn't mean you should <laughs> doesn't mean you think you can do to get the job done and if you're Mitchell Pierce the idea of sort of saying well no I'm not would be a really kind of a, a apart from going against the competitive nature of all of these players um it'd kind of not be the it, it wouldn't be a nice thing to say I don't think anyone would say no I'm not willing to play so yeah, that's something to remember as well. When these players, you see the headline, Mitchell Pearce says he's ready to put his hand up. When you read the quotes and they say, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to play if they called me up, that normally means that the question has been pretty loaded that they've been asked. So that's always something to remember, I find. Exactly right, mate, exactly right. Now, um, because because there's very little to talk about with the Origin teams, I guess, at this stage... Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to make a prediction for how you think the uh, the third game will go? Uh, New South Wales, seventy-two to twelve against Queensland. I think That's it's conservative. going to be yeah, it's going to be the biggest win in the history of State of Origin. Uh, we'll secure another series win. Uh, Kevin Walters to stand down. Cameron Munster to renounce his Queensland uh, citizenship and to switch to New South Wales. Moses Mbai, named man of the series. And, yeah, I think that that all seems reasonable to me. It's good to see you playing it safe. Yeah, well, you don't want to put it out there too early, do you? No, no, no. Um, That's yeah, what I'll... Craig Gow said. <laughs> <laughs> Among many things. Um I'm going to go with New South Wales to win 24 to 6. Player of the series, that's a good one. Yeah, who would be your player of the series? So, uh, just for the last two games, because they were very, very different games. Very different. That's very tough. Um, I feel like Tedesco's got to be right up there because he didn't play bad in the first game. He will be right up there. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with this. I was leaning that way to start with. He just seemed like to be the the default option you go to until you can think of someone better. Yeah, like and for me, I just can't and, think of anyone who's been better than him over both games. But I've, I guess yeah. Queensland Pong has got to be up there. He didn't play bad in that second game. I know that try was scored against him, but it wasn't like it was a mistake by him. Yeah. Um, I mean. Munster hasn't been too bad either, even that one they got flogged. Mm-hmm. Papali, he's been very good. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a few there. Um, yeah. But obviously, as we know, Billy Slater will win it. Definitely, it's got to be Billy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that, that's Origin 3. That'll be next Wednesday. Mm. Um, We're doing a live show too. We are doing another live show before the kickoff on that game. So, yeah. Um, Get onto Twitter, follow Fergo Freak Pod. That's all you got to do. And, it's going um, to be good. Yeah. It's going to be real good. Fergo Freak Pod. And it just comes up automatically. So you don't have to download anything. You don't have to go to a different app. It literally comes up as a live 
window in your Twitter and you just press play like it was a YouTube video on there and it just plays straight away and you're, you're watching the live feed. So yeah, you can it's ask us questions on there. Mm, yeah, ask, yeah. Ask us questions. You can, you know, say anything you like on there. We'll likely get to a point where we'll be looking for content, so we'll read out what's on there anyway. Um, so, yeah, get involved, get interactive with it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we want we want to make you famous. We want to make you go on and be like, oh, they're talking about me. Oh, I'm famous. I'm famous. That's the it's the best part of our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so last the last one we did, we had a uh, conversation with Ben Darwin. Yep, talking about some cohesion with the Origin teams. Yeah, I mean, how many other how many other podcasts, live podcasts, can say that a former Wallaby joins into the conversation and joins into the chat? How cool is that? Yeah, to talk rugby league. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Oh, um, there we go. <laughs> we we also talked about um, making babies and yeah. um, cinnamon. Cinnamon, yeah. A shout out to cinnamon. Hope you're going well. Yeah, yeah, hope everything's doing well with you, Cinnamon. Yeah, so um, it was a good mix. Mm, we answered yeah. a few. We asked a few. Uh, answered a few. Ask Ask Kenty questions, which we actually did a full episode on after. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a good mixture of of mucking around and a bit of serious chat. So get involved any way you can and any way you want. And we'll um, we'll definitely be chatting with you on there. Anytime uh, you ask a question to us in the live show. It stops me from bringing up my orangutan story, and that's good for everyone. Trust me. It it oh boy, it really is. <laughs> oh boy, that was on the silent episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's that's a good thing. <laughs> yes, definitely is. <laughs> well, actually, that might have been on a, on a um, early testing episode for the live thing, which no longer you know, exists. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because we had to delete it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There wasn't too many people who heard or saw that, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, crisis averted there. Podcast regret. <laughs> now, uh, the other thing that's been going on at the moment, obviously, because June 30 was when the trade deadline window slash whatever you want to call it thing ended. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of teams filling out their 30-man squads. I uh, also saw there was a few player transfers taking place. Yeah. Uh, and even though the the deadline has now passed, there's still talk about where players are going to be going at the end of the year when contracts end. Mm-hmm. Lots of rumors and, and movement going on. So we'll go through what has happened player movement-wise. There's been a bit. A lot of it has been with um, depth players. Uh, there's been a few first grows as well. So the Broncos have gained Riss Kennedy from South but lost... To the same club, Jaden Sewer and James Roberts in the last few mm-hmm. weeks. Um, the Bulldogs have gained Dalmatini Zelezniak, and they'll have Joe Stimson from the Storm as of 2020. And just, I think it was either today or yesterday, they've granted Reese Martin a release, and he wants to go to play over in the Super League, and I believe he's going to be lined up with Leeds. Yeah, bit of a, I know the Bulldogs fans have been really upset about that one. Um, and, like, man, I don't know why you'd want to go and play in Super League unless it's for the money. And I I can't imagine, unless somebody at Leeds is just, you know, 
just fascinated by him as a player. Yeah. Perhaps they just offered him an absolute motto. Because, you know, goal-kicking back row, who could, over in England, he could play in the centres as well. Yeah, and look, he could have a 20-year career right from today. (laughs) Exactly. I just hope that uh, his contract is all sorted for when Leeds drop down to the championship. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of of Leeds... uh, Winger Lee, uh, Callum Watkins is joining the, has joined the Titans. Yeah, and I think he – look, I can't imagine he's coming over here as a centre because I feel as though he'd just get torn to shreds as a centre in the NRL. Um, he hasn't played for them yet. It, it, it must be very close to him being named. But, yeah, I, I don't understand that signing, to be honest with you. I really don't get what the Titans are doing. Two-and-a-half-year contract as well. Yeah, it's uh... – I don't know. I mean, the, the rumor was he was he was just behind Thomas Mackinson for the Golden Boots. So you never know. Maybe he's maybe he's got some. Oh, no, um, no, that's rarefied air to compare him to to Mackinson. Like, yeah. I mean, you that's like, that's like trying to compare Gutherson to Wally Lewis. Yeah, who would do such a thing? <laughs> every every time Gutherson gets the ball now, all I want to yell out is Wally Lewis. <laughs> Wally, <laughs> and they're both called King. They both got the nickname King. So you know, yeah, he just, started. He, he needs to go bald though. He's got he's got he a good a mo. Of hair on him. He needs a mo, yeah. a big bushy mo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Titans have eventually lost Max King to the Storm as well. Uh, speaking of the Storm, they've just picked up Solomon Akata from the Warriors. Yeah, it's good to see the Storm get some talent in their team finally, hey? Yeah, they've been struggling for a while. Yeah. Especially given they've just lost um, Scott Drinkwater to the Cowboys as well. Great move. Great move for him. Great move for the Cowboys. Um, Played all right on the weekend. He made a few mistakes, but if he can get those out of his game, he's going to be a a bloody good signing, hey? Yeah, he certainly is. He's going to add a genuine um, attacking option. To that uh, that full back full back role they've got there too because they've been struggling a bit with that this year with injuries and you know they they weren't able to bring someone in to fill that role until late late in the off season as well so um, he will help there an awful lot especially moving into next season where he should yeah. nail that down and I think he's gonna he reminds me like of an upgraded version of Coot and they really missed Coot once he left. Um, but he's not as injury-prone as Coot, obviously, and he's a bit more of a solid player as well. So that's that's a really, really good signing for the Cowboys, and they were going to make one. They, you know, they were just waiting for the right time and the right player, and luckily Drinkwater's fallen into their lap, and it was going to be someone that took advantage of that really good situation up there. So um, that's going to work out for them. Yeah, and he's a young fella too, so he's got plenty of, you know, they're going to get plenty of value out of him. Um, Warriors gained Cody Nicarima a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboys, as we just said, had uh, Scott Drinkwater. Parramatta's picked up Wonga Blake from the Panthers. Four-year deal. What Four do you reckon about deal. that? Mate, that's, uh, that's stock standard for Parramatta, but uh, yeah. crazy in every other team's book, so I think. Yeah, I and mean, look, Blake is somebody that when he first came into first grade... He made a lot of 
um, bad reads defensively and, and just was too inconsistent. And he really started to come good and, and really was a, a dangerous player. But that inconsistency is one of the reasons why the Panthers felt like they had to move on from him. And, man, four-year deal. Jeez. Mm. Yeah, it's not the sort of deal you hear for um, a player who isn't sort of like an origin slash Australia, New Zealand test rep. Yeah. You don't hear too many deals like that. It should have been a two-year deal. Yeah, unless it's a Parramatta. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know. Uh, Penrith, they gained Tim Grant. And they lost mm. Tim Grant. Retired. <laughs> poor, poor bugger. Um, he actually didn't play too badly. He's, he played two games for the Panthers when he came back from the Tigers. And he was solid. He wasn't. He's, he's never been one of those standout players. But he, you always get a pretty consistent result from him. But, yeah, injuries forced him to retire a few yes. games into his return there, which is unfortunate. Gained him, um, I would say, as a fringe first grader, somebody that's more for depth, and played that role pretty well. Like, yeah. it played that role really well, actually. Um, and unfortunately, just picked up an injury, and, and that was the end of the road for him. So hopefully he goes on to bigger and better things in his life. Exactly. Uh, they've also lost uh, with Teddy Zelezniak and Wonga Blake, as we just discussed. So they, they've cleared a, a bit of cash there. We'll talk about that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragons have gained um, Patrick Kafusi from the Storm. Mm-hmm. And they will be losing Gareth Woodup at the end of the year as he heads back over to England. Uh, South have picked up Jaden Sewer and James Roberts from the Broncos. They've lost Greg Inglis, obviously, to retirement this year, but also uh, youngster Reese Kennedy, who's gone to Brisbane. And the Tigers lost Tim Grant to Penrith, and Mahe Fanua has just left to the, for the Super League. Yeah, bit of an interesting one. I guess that's probably... They've probably said to him, look, we're moving on in a different direction. And he said, I can leave now and get a contract for the rest of this year for maybe better money than he's on at the Tigers. So, um, you know, I think he'll do really, really well over in Super League, actually. Yeah, he'll be fine over there. Um, Plus, I think the Tigers have seen, too, that Momorowski's come along pretty well and he needs to be in the the 13 now for for the Tigers. Um, Yeah. And so I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to bring him in, get, start improving on their team. Because I think now we're starting to see the Tigers are looking at um, 2020 and what they're going to do there. Even though they're still in the hunt for the finals this year, they're, you know, Maguire's not a fool. He's got to, he realises he's got to make a few changes to the side. So he's already looking at that for next year as well. Yeah, he's not looking to solidify. Um, and there's plenty of coaches that would bring in talent that would be for this year. Maguire's looking for like three, four years from now, which is a great sign for the Tigers. That's what you yeah, want to see. Exactly. Now, there's been several rumours. I want to kick off with one, though, and a theory I have. Mm-hmm. So the first one was there was a rumour going around that the Bulldogs were courting the uh, Trevojevic brothers from Manly, mm-hmm. and they're going to put in a big play for them. I, I put forward the idea, um, we're freaky here before we started recording, that I wonder if Penrith are looking at the same deal, given they let DWZ go. He would have been on decent coin. They've let Wunga Blake go. James Maloney's been talking about wanting to go and play in Super League for for a while now. I wonder if they free those guys up so they can make a genuine play at the Trebojevic brothers, because they've also got the places for them in the side as well, ready to, to fill. 
Yeah, and like when you brought that up to me, it was pretty exciting as a Panthers fan. <laughs> um, it's an interesting one. I, like their salary cap situation at Penrith is apparently not great and they've had to shed players um, just to get to under the cap for next year. But when you start getting rid of so many players that were on so much money, um, and especially Maloney, who was a, a big, big money move, you start to get to that point where they're going to have that big cap space. And we've seen that the Panthers don't mind back-ending a contract as well. They, In fact, they love it. So it would be a club-transforming move. It would be one where I, I think the money for Jake is definitely a fantastic one. I worry about Tom in terms of uh, he's very injury-prone. But I think a club like Penrith could cover that because they've got so many young outside backs and, and things like that. Edwards would obviously probably be moved on if that happened. But man, it would be a it would be a big move by the Panthers, hey. Yeah, and obviously I do have to stress there's been no rumors that that's going to take place there. Mm. Um that's just an idea I had, given that they were they're in a situation where they can shuffle some deck chairs around and move a few players out to to make that move happen, especially when you've got Maloney, who is, as we said, keen to play in England. Um, if if Penrith were able to come to an agreement whereby he agreed to leave and not demand a payout, I guess, that would be even perfect for them. I don't think that's going to happen, but because um, yeah. then they'd just go straight up to the Trubovich brothers and just say, sign here. Yeah, just go to both of them and say, and you know, say no. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you're you're those brothers and you're looking at that very young bulldog side or that Panthers side, you know, it's it's a bit of a hard sell to go to the Bulldogs, I think. Yeah, and especially when you consider that, I mean, the Panthers aren't a really bad team. They, you know, they're they're a pretty solid team. Um, the only thing you would question is, and look, it's it's not a bad situation to be in. They've got Cleary locked up on a big contract. If you've got Jake and, and Tom all on, that's three players that would be on, if not a million, very, very close to a million bucks. But I tell you what, there's worse players to wrap that money up in than those three. And especially at a club like the Panthers where, you know, a player, a player leaves or gets injured or something in the outside backs and they bring up a, a junior that plays fantastically all of a sudden. Um, when you brought it up, it was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, that move. I think they'd have to move on Tamo to even start thinking about it, and he's on big money himself. But, man, it would be a big move and I think a really good one and one that would – really set the Panthers up for the next six years or so with a bloody good squad. Well, that's the thing, too, is that they do have Tama, who they can get rid of, because he's. I think he's already only got one year left on his current deal. Mm. Um, he's, he's not old either. Uh, so you, you might find that some coach out there will probably look at him and go, we, we know his potential, we know what he's capable of, maybe I can get it out of him. Yeah. And so he's still he's still favourable enough, I guess, um, for a lot of coaches to look at and think they can maybe get get more out of him. So they might even look to get rid of him just so they can do that. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing to consider with the Panthers is Peachy was supposed to head to Penrith this year um, from the Titans, and that's off now. Uh, does he come in next year? Does he stay on the Gold Coast? Because Peachy would obviously be on a, a nice amount of money coming back to the Panthers. I don't think they're going to pay him superstar money. Um, it'd be interesting to see if a big move like that, how that would affect going after Peachy. I, I tend to think that you would not go that way if you were the Panthers after that. If you did make a big play for the Trebojevic's, um, I think that you would maybe look at Peachy as, you know, something that you wouldn't have to do after making a move like that. I think, I think the thing Peachy needs to help with his future prospects, especially earning wise, is nail down a position somewhere in the starting the, side. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of teams, a lot of people look at him and go, "On, he's obviously fantastic off the bench." And while that's great and fantastic and all, um, bench players don't tend to command a huge amount of cash. And mm-hmm. if they do, they're diamond does, you know, they're very rare. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think he needs to stay right. Is he going to play in the centers? Is he going to be a second row? Is he going to be a five-eighth? You know, find one, fine-tune it, get get really bogged down that position and, and make it your own. Because I think if he sat down and actually focused on one position um, thoroughly, he'd be... He'd be close to one of the best in in the country in it, but at yeah. the moment he's just sort of trying to be a bit of an everywhere sort of man at the moment, which he does do very well. But yeah, I think long term benefit for him, he needs to sort of settle on one position and go forward from there. So because that'll help him in, in his future development as well. Definitely, and I feel like at the Titans, they've signed him up to the sort of money where he he kind of has to be a starter in a position, and and it, it's he he hasn't cemented that place as you say. He's fantastic off the bench. He's maybe the best bench player in the NRL. But there's a ceiling on what you can earn as a bench player, even if you're the best player in the NRL at it. So, it's yeah, it's kind of the ball's in his court in that sense. And he should look towards the rest of the season when he comes back from injury um, to try and get that out of himself. Because if he does that... There's no doubting his talent. He's a fantastic player. He's a game-breaking player when he's at his best. So that's what he should aim for for the rest of the year on the Gold Coast if he is looking to leave the Gold Coast. Yeah, absolutely. So have you got some uh, some any other rumours there at all? Yeah, I mean, Flanagan to the Roosters was supposed to be on, uh, but it was called off at the last minute apparently because the Roosters needed to shuffle Lamb along and Lamb didn't want to leave. That's what I read. Uh, I haven't got any personal mail about that, so I found that interesting. Flanagan would be one of those signings for the Roosters who was like, man, they, they got Flanagan now. Fantastic. They really needed some talent in that Roosters team. Um, so, yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, you were telling me that Flanagan is locked up at the Sharks until 2021? Yeah, the NRL website has him listed as being on contracted to them for the till twenty twenty one. I think what the Sharks need to do is get rid of Johnson and Moylan, mm. and have Flanagan in the house permanently. Um, you know, they might even be able to have enough cash out of there to maybe make a play at Valentine Holmes. Yeah, and I mean Valentine Holmes was there this week uh, having a visit. 
But Johnson, we've talked about Johnson before. It just, it seems like a square peg in a round hole. Like he's really only played one decent game for them. On the weekend, he played really poorly, like really, really poorly against the Bulldogs. It just doesn't seem to be working for him there. There's probably a better situation for Sean Johnson out there. And it just doesn't seem like it's at the Sharks, unfortunately, for him. Um, Flanagan, I mean, it was as smooth as butter when he came into the first first uh, great team for the Sharks. They really should commit their future to him alongside um, the halfback. What's Townsend. his name? Townsend, yeah. He, it, it just worked, and it worked straight away. It worked from game one, minute one. And they should just lock him down and make sure he doesn't leave. Well, the Sharks have won four of their last five games when Flanagan played for them in the uh, starting lineup, and that was mm. against Melbourne, against the Titans, against the Dragons, and against Parramatta. And yeah, the Sharks looked damn good in all of those games, and he looked good too. Yeah. He looked like a first grader straight away. It was seamless. The transition he took to get in there and play alongside Townsend, they just looked like they clicked. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that's funny about this is because Townsend has played plenty of footy with Sean Johnson because they both had the Warriors together for a few years. Mm. And they just don't look like they, they know each other's game anymore. It's really weird. It's I dare really, say it's really probably weird. because Townsend's game has, has got better. I don't think Johnson's has really changed in that time. And so yeah, J- it's probably Johnson... more a case of... You know who Johnson reminds me a little bit of is Danny Maguire in the UK, who it was, they, they were young players, really athletic, and you were like, oh, man, I can't wait to see where they go. And there was just a point of progression where the progression stopped, and it was too early for them. It was it was like when they were about 21, 22, they didn't progress further as players. And it's kind of disappointing. And... I feel as though in the right situation, Johnson's going to be a really handy player to have. But, man, what is that situation? I just don't see it right now. I mean, I would say with everyone, go to the Storm and it'll work out there. But the Storm don't need him. The Storm have their halves. They don't need him. So what, what situation is there? I would have said even the Cowboys maybe, but I don't see the Cowboys needing him anymore. No, I, I've, I've been since the start of the year. I think for him, the best place for him to be looking at would be the Roosters post-Cronk mm-hmm. because he'd, he'd at least have a half there who can actually control a game if Johnson goes off in Keary. And so yeah. also got a good forward pack, plenty of great option runners in the back line as well. So he can he can be covered whenever he has a bad game there because you've got Tedesco at, at fullback, Keary in the halves there, and, um, you know, friend at hooker and you also got Radley in there as well. They're they're both more than handy as well with the ball in hand. So you know, he'd be he'd be protected from any bad player, whereas which he kind of is at the Sharks as well, but because the Sharks have got such a young side there, um, you know, in some of the, especially in the back line. Mm-hmm. And they're they're forwards in this transition where they're starting to move on from the Gallon era mm-hmm. and starting to get a few young guys in there. They're sort of in that traditional phase. They're forwards, they're backs, they're halves, you know, everywhere's got a fairly young guy just starting to put his, get his, you know, put his foot down and sort of um, make a name for himself in the side there. The, the Roosters are pretty much set in that area. And so he'd walk into a team that's pretty much set. He's just got to do basic halfback stuff and play what's in front of him. 
he'd have a more casual, easier to to do role there, which I think might suit him even better. And I can't see any other club a affording him and b needing him. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of hope. Man, a couple of years ago, I would have never ever said this. I'm hoping that the Panthers aren't looking at him as a five-eighth option outside of Cleary. Um, if I had to put my money on what will happen to Johnson, I'm going to put, and this is just, there's no connection or anything. This is just a complete wild guess. I think Catalan Dragons. Yeah. That's the sort of move that I feel like he will end oh. up doing. I also wouldn't be surprised if he went to someone like Leeds or Wigan, given they've been struggling for a few years. And they're yeah. going to have the coin. Yeah, they will. And, and Leeds are, I mean, they're scrambling right now. They're trying to stay in Super League. Um, I wonder if they would be open. And look, they might be open to getting him now. Yeah, that's that, would thinking. A, that would allow them to upgrade Flanagan's contract now as well. Yep. Which would be huge in, in making sure they keep him because they have to keep him. They have to keep playing again. Yeah, he's their future and will be for a. Yeah, he's going to be their halfback for a long time. So they should be locking him down. He's he's the person they build their next squad around. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, another player who there was a lot of talk about his future and then it was seemingly, you know, went away and stuff, but it's still floating around there. Latrell Mitchell. Now, there's there was talk that the Bulldogs were lining up a 57-year contract for him, and then <laughs> eventually that got whittled down to, well, it might just be a five-year contract and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there was talk that he was going to go to the Rabbitohs. He kind of poured cold water on that. There was then talk that he wasn't going anywhere. It's interesting that there hasn't been... A, a definitive end to that. I feel as though that will ramp up again towards the end of the season. And I feel as though he will probably stay at the Roosters, but I don't think it's it's in cement just yet. No, the thing I find interesting about it is he's obviously a great talent. There's no doubt about it, especially mm. for his age. Mm. But given that he's off contract and, and looking at playing for another team, that there's so few teams chasing him. Yeah. Yeah, he, and look, he's he's an amazing player. I wonder, I mean, right now I think he's definitely a centre. I don't know that he's a fullback just yet. Uh, he could probably play fullback for you. I'd love to see him play some games at fullback for the he'd Roosters, be, but I obviously think they don't there. need him. Yeah, I, I feel like he would be good as a fullback. I wonder how we'd go at 5'8". He's played there a bit this year for the Roosters, and he hasn't been he hasn't been bad. He hasn't disgraced himself or anything, but he hasn't been um, a game breaker either. That's at the same point because I think I think playing a five eighth means he spends more time being playing, yeah, you know, side to side more so than going forward. And mm-hmm. I think he's at his best when he's just taking the line on and, and running hard because he's. I think people do have to look at him in the similar mould to to Inglis. Mm-hmm. This is not saying he's he's like him, but you know, Inglis was another player at the same age where he was he was just a really strong ball runner. Yeah, I think you got to just stick with that. You know, I think the the storm sort of forced Inglis to be in a five eighth a little bit early, mm-hmm. but he was such a good, brilliant player. Plus, he had Cronk outside him that he was able to get looked after for a little bit until he learnt the ropes and became quite quite bloody brilliant. To be honest, there. 
Yeah, I don't that, know that Mitchell's got that available to him. Yeah, and that's kind of why I feel like right now you have to look at him as a centre. Like yeah. you can't really. I I think that, like you said, he'd be really good at fullback, but I don't know that I want to put that on him just yet, and I definitely don't want to put it on him as buying him as a as a five eight. Um, so you, that's why I kind of feel as though if you're going to buy him right now, you have to buy him as a centre. Um, obviously, the South's move is probably off because they got Roberts. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting that his future is not settled just yet. Uh, and and that it's a little bit telling to me because I feel as though if he definitely wasn't leaving the Roosters, that would have been sorted out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he did make some comments recently too where he said that he was very happy at the Roosters and was hoping he could stay there. So, you know, we can only really go off what he's saying at this stage, I guess, and that is he's not he's not leaving. The Roosters are going to have, you know, they'll, they'll be able to top up his contract too given that Kronk's retiring at the end of the year. That's going to free up a heap of cash. Yeah, so, they might just be waiting for to see if they can get a replacement for Kronk and then finding out how much money they've got left over because because I think that Kronk was on a massive amount of money. Yeah. Um, so that might just be all that is. Exactly right. Um, There's a deal. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I was just saying, the only other rumours I could think of that came from out the you know, club I was with is there was um, talk that Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrow uh, may be about to get approached to go for, around for one more season. Yeah, and that, given their form this year, it's easy to see why that would happen. I mean, this is both this has been the best season for both players in quite a number of years. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. I mean, I think that this might, and I've said this before, this might be overall Robbie Farrow's best year at club level, which is kind of crazy to think. And I'm talking about not only attack but defence. More importantly, I think his defence has been great this year. Um, so that and they kind of really, really need Robbie Farrow to stay around. And it seems like he's definitely going around again. Um, and if they can keep Benji Marshall next year as well, that would be fantastic for the club. How Just gives them that extra. That test? Oh, he was fantastic. He's such a good player. It's the thing everyone would always talk about. How you know, obviously, he's never going to be an immortal. That's understandable. But I always just said he's one of those players who just put bums on seats. But I don't think there's enough credit given to the fact that he has he has had to evolve his game and he's been able to do that really, really well. He's actually a genuine playmaker now who can control a game. He spent a lot of time in the halves at halfback, you know, when he got the golden boot. But he was still just doing the 5A stuff, ball running and whatnot. He wasn't really a, a game manager at that time, but he really is now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And, like, just that perfect role for the Tigers at the moment as well, especially alongside Brooks. Um, every single year he plays alongside Brooks is a good, a good thing for Brooks and his exactly. development as a halfback. So if they can get him again next year, that would be fantastic. And uh, look, I think that Farah has Farah might have a couple more years left in him. Um, and Benji, you, you worry about the the physical side of it, whether athletically he will start. It, because when you lose it athletically, a lot of players tend to fall off a cliff, and you worry a little bit about that with Marshall. But at the moment, there's no signs of that at all. He's really adapted his game so well 
to the way that he's changed as an athlete. So I really, really hope that they both run around to get together together again next year. Um, it would be so good for the West Tigers if they can make that happen. Yeah, I think the a, a big reason behind it is um, at five eight they don't really have any other options there. Jo, uh, Josh Reynolds has been uh, unfortunately just spanked around by injury like never before, mm. and I dare say the club will be looking at, at probably releasing him at the end of the year. While uh, oh, I forgot his name now, the young hooker that's that's supposed to be taken over from Farah, he's just. They give him opportunities, but he just doesn't seem to be able to, to take take advantage of him because, like like Reynolds, he's also had a lot of injuries and it's, it's really stunted his his um development as a player from as a rookie. Uh, we saw him come in against against South there, um, you know, dropping ball in the scrum you know, late in the game and just times when you really need him to be on his game, he's making a little error here and there, and it's it just you know every player does it obviously, but it's just. Because it's at those clutch moments when you really need someone to take control and be on their game, uh, it just seems like he's he's a little bit off the speed when that happens, and that's not what they're looking for. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at Farrah for one more year, and then they'll probably try and buy another hooker after that. Yeah, and at some point, it, it doesn't matter what your hopes are for a player. They just are who they are, and that's the the quandary with a lot of young players. There's so many youngsters that it's like, oh, he's going to be a star, he's going to be a star. And it's at some point you've got to accept that they just are the player that they are right now. Even if they're going to be a star five years from now, it's like, do we persevere with this player for five years to get where we hope he's going to be? Or do we just get someone that can come into the side and play play hooker for us now and get the job done? And that's the the thought process behind signing Robbie Farr again next year. And I I agree with you. I think at some point you've got to cut your losses and you just see what's on the market and get somebody that can come in and fill the role. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, Tigers go after um, Jaden Braley because yeah. his younger brother looks like he's set to start being a full-time hooker for the Sharks and they, they can't carry both the whole time. No. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers go after him. Speaking of uh, players that probably their time at a club is probably up, McCulloch at the Broncos, I think it's time for him to get the tap on the shoulder. Um, him and Darius, Darius Boyd, it's just, it's, it's, it's over, unfortunately, for Darius Boyd, and that's been shown probably last year, definitely this year. Um, and they look... Like they've moved him from fullback into five eight, they were playing him in the centres. He's on a big whack. That's the problem. And he signed for a three year contract. Like Wayne Bennett gave him the kiss of death, leaving, signed Darius Boyd to this massive deal and and left the club. The club shouldn't have signed it, but man, that's that's a bad situation they've got up there in Brisbane where they've got Boyd on the books for another three years. And McCulloch is just, he just is not a first grader right now. They look better when he isn't, when he isn't playing. Yeah. Um, Boyd, they're trying to justify keeping him, keeping him in the side. The first thing they're going to do is take the captaincy off him. Mm-hmm. Right. And just give it to some other player. And if that doesn't make him lift his game, then just say, right, okay, Darius, 
we're going to give you a full four weeks off, okay? You're not playing any footy. You're going to come to the gym. You're still going to do training and all sort of stuff, but we're not going to have you playing any footy. And after four weeks, I want you to come back to us and tell me that, A, you can see where we need to improve, and, B, you're able to do it and you're committed to doing it. And then we'll give you two games to go out and do that. And if you can't, then we need to discuss what we're going to do with your contract. Because uh, mm. right now, I watch him play. I think the ability's there. I think mentally, he doesn't want to play footy. And I think that's With the reason really. why he's not making those tackles anymore. I just think he's not committed to playing football at all this year. So I, I feel as though physically he's done. And I, it, it sucks to say it. But I, I, and I think that that affects him mentally. Because I, I feel as though he goes to do something that he would normally have been really strong at doing. Like, he used to be a great defender. But it, it, when he pushes that button, it's just not there anymore. And I think that that gets him down. And it, it, it takes him out of the contest. Um, if I was the Broncos, I would be on the phone to every single Super League club and saying to them, oh, do you want, you know, State of Origin, Australian Test player, Darius Boyd? Because I, they're going to have to eat some of his contract no matter what. I can't see yeah. Boyd walking away and saying, oh, yeah, don't worry about the rest of my contract. You know, it's all good. Right. They're going to have to eat some of his contract, and it's going to hurt them for a few years now. Um, and between him and McCulloch, uh, it's just uh, just two players they need to move on from. Sorry, what was that? Okay. Maybe, yeah. I'll have to fix that later. Yeah. Expert analysis there from Elle. Yes. Um, she said, a... she came in, she said, batteries have charged down. Oh, okay. Quite fitting. That's what's happened with Darius. His batteries yeah, have charged down. Pretty much. Um, well, they're, they're out. They're completely I think spent. what they should have done with Darius is moved him to the wing because he's going to be less of a liability there defensively. He's still in the side. You can still have his kick returns, whatever value they had. He's still there, but he's not. He's in the least damaging area he could be. I don't think he should be in the spine at all. No. Um, defensively, he's not good enough to be in the centres anymore. So wingers, if he has to be in the thirteen, then put him on the wing. One hundred percent. And man, he's an expensive winger. He like, is. Yes. But that might be a better opportunity for the Broncos than to just eat his contract and he's sitting on the sideline. Yep. I and mean, tell him. Seen him- Tell him too, mate, you're playing so badly, I'm just going to put you on the wing until you lift your form. Otherwise, you're just going to stay there for the rest of your contract. Yeah, and look, he it's played really well in all the rep teams playing on the wing before. It's not like he can't contribute from the wing. Um, and it, it that just might be what he needs to be from now on. But, man, it's a lot of money for a winger. Um, speaking of a lot of money, talk that George Burgess... Could end up at Parramatta. The couch. Uh, yeah. And it like he's it was funny because his manager come out and said that, you know, the fact that he needs to spend ten weeks every so often on the sideline because he's trying to, you know, do lasic eye surgery with his thumb, it 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 kind of won't affect his contracts going forward. I feel like it might. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have an impact, especially with the comments that he made after the was a test match last year when he was eye gouging. He got caught, and he's saying, "Oh, that's not me. That's not who I am." Yeah, it's not and, his go. Yeah, not his go. And then next thing you know, he's up to his elbow and Robbie Farah's forehead. The weird thing about the Farah one too was that 
he had to reach around two of his own players to get to Farris' face. Yeah. And then he's like, he's sticking his fingers in his eye. It was like, yeah. what are you doing? That's extra effort that you've got to go. Yeah. It's not like he had Farris around the head and his eyes were right there. He had to reach in to do it. It was really weird. And it's no accident because you can see him. Both fingers are in the in the eyes, and he's wriggling his hand around backwards and forwards, trying to poke in as hard as he can. Yeah, and he's doing it at a time when, you know, South are missing his brother. You know, they, both of his brothers were missing for South on the weekend. Um, Sam's not going to be there for a few weeks because he got his shoulder cleaned up. It, the last thing they needed was to lose forward depth, and the, you know, to do it to that, absolutely unbelievable. Um, Look, At some point, I, just, yeah. I, just, I was going to say just quickly: there should be, there's never any excuse for any player to have their hand on a player's face at any point in a game of football. And no. So I had a lot of people telling me, "Oh, it might have been just his fingers on his forehead." I mean, it's, that well, it's not an excuse; it shouldn't be there at all. What's he? Yeah. What's he going to do by putting his hand on Farah's head? How is Farah's head going to help him get across the line when he's got two hundred kilos of human on top of him? Exactly, and the, and. There was just no excuse for it. He had to make an extra effort to get to Farah's face. Yeah. Like, he wasn't affecting the tackle at all. It wasn't like he was doing something in a tackle. The only impact he had on the tackle was he was sticking his fingers in Robbie Farah's eyes. It was was terrible. It was really, really terrible. You know, thankfully, he wasn't doing the... The gouging motion, he was just seemed to be sticking his fingers into Farah's eyes, which is bad enough in itself. Yeah. But if he'd have been doing that, like, tear in action, he, and Farah couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, it he's was, pinned down. He had a player on top of him, and Burgess over the top of that player. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Like, why do you do that? I don't yeah. understand why you're even thinking of doing that. It's, it's the sort of grubby shit we got rid of in the 70s. It's got no place in the game. Yeah, I I just don't get it at all. And I believe shit like that. It should be punished severely. I don't care who does it. You don't go near someone's eyes like that. That's just that's pathetic and gutless. And I'd be happy if he got twenty weeks for it. Yeah, uh, like I was thinking, say he had done that that gouging, ripping motion that an eye gouge is normally associated with. Twenty week, twenty weeks at least for me. Um, I think the thing that will save him is that he was just pushing his fingers in the eye. But, I mean, it, like, is that any better? Not really, So if, no. they, if they gave him 20 weeks, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. It's also just the fact that it was compl- there's absolutely no need for it because it wasn't, you know, you, sometimes you could say you, you, you do it because a, a player might be trying to move away or something like that, but that tackle was completed. Farrell wasn't moving anywhere. He was just trying to get to his feet and he was on his back. Mm. He's not going anywhere. Um, and the fact that he came in second man, so he came in late and added to the top of it and just put his hands in his face and kept moving his fingers like he's pushing in deeper. Yeah. Shows there's an intent there. It's just a grubby piece of crap. It, you just get that shit out of the game. Really um, was. The other incident that happened um, was Tarek Sims hit on Michael Morgan. Now, it was reported on the uh, NRL website that it was a late hit. So mm-hmm. I went to the effort of going through it, and I found that in the space of from the 14-second mark of one highlight video to the 14-second-minute mark, mm-hmm. so this all happened in one second, you can see Sims off-screen and then making the tackle. So it's not a late hit to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, shut that shit down straight away. Um, the hard part is going to be whether they rule it high. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there was contact with Sims's shoulder and Morgan's head, mm-hmm. but 
it was his trying to describe moving pictures over the uh, audio spectrum is a bit difficult, <laughs> but uh, uh, Tarek Sims tackled Morgan and he's he tackled him with his right right arm standing up, and as his left arm is coming around to complete the tackle, he's kept his left arm down, which has mm-hmm. exposed his left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And Morgan's head has hit that exposed shoulder and then hit the ground. So the first contact is legal. Mm-hmm. There's a wrapping motion with the first contact as well, but there's no wrapping motion in the second part of it where he's left his arm down and he's essentially completed a shoulder charge, I guess, after the, the initial contact, if any of that makes sense. No, it does. And it, this comes <coughs> into the realm, and I've talked about this before, where if you do something that's reckless, I understand there being a suspension. If you do something intentional, I understand there being a suspension. But what do you get out of suspending a player when it's it, like it's so accidental? Like it's not like he did anything wrong. It's you know if if Morgan bounces back up and it's game on, nothing happens at all. Yeah. Nothing. Whereas, you know, what, I mean, are you, are you, you're kind of sending a message that we've got to watch out for contact with the player's head, and I get that. But how could he have avoided a situation like that? And what lesson is it? I mean, you, you, it's not like you're saying to Sims, well, make sure you don't do this again. It's like, what was he supposed to do? What's his, you know, at some point, you're going to be in tackles where it doesn't matter what you do, you make contact with the player's head and they won't always get knocked out. But, you know, I just don't understand what we get out of suspending a player for in a situation like that. I'm going to say this again. I'm not saying this because this is what I think should happen, but this is, this is a system that would probably work better, okay, with that tackle there. He seems to get sent off. Mm-hmm. That's the last we hear of it. Yeah, it kind of would have been he he'd served his punishment. Exactly. Um, I think what we're going to see now, the worst thing that's happened is he's been given a grade two, not a grade one, which mm-hmm. I think is wrong. Because mm-hmm. um, grade two means he's now you know, a chance of missing two or three games. Yeah. And I don't think it warrants that. I'd, I'd say if, if you want to be severe on that, I'd give him a week. Yeah. But that is, yeah. yeah, that's what I say. I think... That's the sort of situation where a send-off would work perfectly fine because that would be the punishment straight away. And given what happened in the match, that would almost be a fair evening up of the game given that the Cowboys lost their star playmaker for the rest of the game. Yeah, and I look at... And you you also get people that will say, well, how is it fair that, you know, we lost our playmaker and he got to play the rest of the game and... You know, then then they lost the game, and he, him being suspended going forward, Sims being suspended going forward, doesn't really help the Cowboys in any way. Yeah, but it's like, what what do you want, man? It, yeah, you, you know, can't please everyone. Exactly. So, uh, I don't think it deserved a, a grading of grade two. Um, no, and yeah, I, I just think sometimes those those the contact when it's completely unintentional, it's completely an accident. I sometimes question what you get out of suspending a player for that. Um, and sometimes I think that they suspend a player so that they can say, look, we're doing everything we can to remove um, contact with the head. So, you know, that just, to me, it, it seems a bit silly sometimes. Yeah. No, it's, uh, 
Anything else you need to bring up, mate? Um, just a couple of other players. I think uh, Harris Tavita at the Warriors is too good of a player to be playing reserve grade. And I think eventually he's going to get a call from another team to maybe get him um, over from the Warriors. He's a he's a when you watch him in reserve grade, he's above that level. I thought he played really well for the Warriors in first grade when he was playing for them earlier this year, and I thought he was a bit unlucky that they they went after um, the half from Brisbane. What's his name again? Um, Nicarima. I thought he was a bit unlucky that they they really went for him and didn't give um, Harris Tavita the time to really grow as first grade. So I think that he's eventually going to be a player that will be on the move. I guess the other big one that's out there is Ponga. And Ponga seems to be willing to sit back and just wait until his contract is up. And I think when his contract is up, not only will the Knights, you know, throw the bank at him and say, turn down, I mean, they might say to him, turn down $1.8 million. leave, you know, turn it down. But I think a lot of other clubs are going to line up big offers for him, and it's going to be interesting to see how many clubs manoeuvre with their salary cap to try and get him on board because I think that especially this season and especially at origin level, he has shown that he can be a superstar playmaker of the future. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see you know, who lines up contracts or, or that salary cap space to maybe get him on board. Yeah, um, geez, how much is Ponga going to get offered? I feel like by the time his contract comes up, he's going to be pushing too. I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I think he's he's going to be um, he's going to be getting offers of one point five at least. What if? Just, okay, I've got a scenario. Mm-hmm. Just come up with this, right? It sounds good. Mm. So he's on contract until when? At the end of next year? I yeah, think. I think so. Okay. What if you are the Melbourne Storm, right? Cameron Smith's going around one more year next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. They've got Monster at 5'8". They don't need him as a half. They could have him as a fullback, but bloody hell, what a fullback. Get him in there. Damn, he'd be good in Melbourne. Yeah, what do you do with Jerome Hughes and Ryan Pappenhausen? You just say, thanks for playing. We'll be seeing you. <laughs> if you've got a chance to get Ponga. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of clubs that I think will line him up. I think the Bulldogs will offer him a massive amount of money. They should be getting close to being out of salary cap hell by then. They're going to offer him a massive amount of money. Um Man. Yeah, I think the Roosters may have a fair bit then too. They won't need him, but that's, that, hasn't stopped the Roos- that hasn't stopped the Roosters before. Exactly. They wouldn't stop the Storm. I think that the Knights will say, give him... I think the Knights will be willing to pay him overs compared to what the biggest contract he can get elsewhere is. And I'd love to see him stay at the Knights. I really would. I think it's a seems to be working for him. Um He's playing great footy there. I'm a big big believer in you, you kind of stay where it's all working and ask Brett Morley what happens when you leave a good situation. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of clubs. I mean, the Broncos might be lining up a big offer for him, go can up I there. Add, 
kind of another scenario. Yeah. This this is going far for far more recent than what you've gone. Mm-hmm. Western Australia gets a team approved to twenty twenty one. Hmm. How much I'm do getting, they throw at him? I'm getting it sharp. <laughs> yeah. Is they going to have a full salary cap to spend? Nine odd million dollars. You say yeah, right, Kalen, You're the first person we're going to offer. We've got nine million dollars. How much of that do you want? It's a really good point. That's a really good point. You just go to him if you if they got a new team, and they'd have to get a team announced like pretty quickly. We're talking maybe even before the finals that West Australia gets confirmed that they're coming in with Perth side, and you just say that you just start at two million, wouldn't you, if you were them? Yeah. Yeah. Come back to West Australia where you were born. Ah. (laughs) The possibilities. The possibilities. Ah, yeah. I mean, I thought about maybe even the Panthers would be lining up maybe a big deal for him if they didn't decide to chew up that salary cap space in the next year. But, you know... He, you never know. It's it's the other thing too. Is you know we don't know how much the uh, the All Blacks might throw in if they want to put in a bid for him. And would any NRL club be able to compete with that? See, I think that they probably would be able to, um, considering that that I don't think that they would offer him the same superstar money because they don't have to. But I do. I think that the NRL clubs would be able to. Um, to well, go with them. What if the Wallabies decide to throw some money at him? Because he's born in Australia. What if Rugby Australia wants to throw some money at him? Will they have money after they pay Israel Flair ten million bucks? <laughs> well, if they, they put him on a contract before they pay out that fine. <laughs> what if Israel? What about Israel Flair just paying him like two million bucks out of his own pocket just to you know be a friend? <laughs> Well, he go. could afford it. He, well, he well he can now because of the, uh, the the money he got from the funding. Yeah. What? Okay. What if? Right. What if the Catholic Church just buys Kalen Ponga? Just buys him outright. Says, "Listen, <laughs> we could use you. We could use you in the halves. We could just use you for PR. What and all we he... want you to do is just go around and say, yeah." You know, give us I like the money. fact that the the Catholic Church has now become a player agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have. Well, this is you know what we were talking about this not long ago. What if right, Ponga wants to say, and I'll, I'll just use the Panthers for an example. Just say the Panthers have one point five million bucks under the cap, and they say that's all we can offer you. And he says, look, I I want to. And then someone starts to go fund me to give him five hundred thousand bucks a year for the next few years, and they top the cap up with the GoFundMe. Ooh, that's a good but, question. But it's a third-party deal. So say it's like no one connected with the club. What's I'm the thing though? I don't. Go, I don't I'm know. Get on GoFundMe crap. after this, hey? I want the Trebojeviches. I, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that crowdfunding is actually considered as a TPA yet. I mean, the tax office doesn't even know what to do with third uh, with with crowdfunding as far as business income is concerned. So I don't know clubs would have anything or the NRL would have anything to set in sign for that. Yeah, and, and that, that's the weird thing. I've always wondered what would happen if, say, 
you were a multimillionaire fan of a club and you decided to you were a troublemaking prick like myself for instance and you said listen I'm signing Kalen Ponga I'm signing him to an agreement just because I can there's no rules that you can put on me to give two million dollars to Ponga a year and if he wants to play for the Panthers for 250000 well, that's his problem. I don't care, you know, but it's done in that regard. You can be like um, a wild card player. You just take around and say, right, do you need a superstar fullback just for this week? Yeah. My man's that. here. Just give me uh, three hundred grand for the week. Ponga's going to play for you this weekend. Have and we next weekend, you can go to another club. You just, you just whore him around to whatever club wants him to play that week. I'm trying to think if we've ever seen... I mean, I guess that's kind of similar to the sorts of deals that boxers do. Well, possibly, yeah. You sort of go around and see you can find. I still think that my idea of just having poker nights and losing all your money to your plays is the easiest one. (laughs) So, right, guys. The clubs can yeah. afford a million dollars. We're going to split it up amongst us all even. We're going to play poker and whoever wins it all at the end keeps the money. Yeah, yeah. just play poker. Oh, Kalen, you won again. Wow. I can't so, believe I didn't win with a two and a three. <laughs> but I've got a two of hearts and a king of diamonds. So how does that work? Going, that's the new That's the new uh, royal king ponga flush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who gets, uh, gets that, that combination together on that one hand, then they win everything. Mate, you're a legend. You've been playing this thing for years. You look down, you've got a royal flash. He has like a, a seven and an eight. And yeah. you'd like... There's, there's, a, there's a bloke there cheating who's got nine aces in his hand. Yeah. They're all <laughs> aces of hearts. <laughs> you make start no. making special rules for players. You're like, okay, Kalen, I, you look like you're a little bit flustered. There's some money in the pot. Uh, do you want to pick from your, your case of cards that you've got behind you, all the aces that you've got? Just walk out, just walk out and give them a deck of cards. Okay, this is the Ponga deck of cards? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one for uh, <laughs> this is one for Wonga Blake. He's your one, mate. Well, mate. They've all got Parramatta logos on them. Yeah, mate. Sorry about that. <laughs> and Kalen wins again with seven aces. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> or he just puts out blank ones and say, right, what cards did you like on there, Kalen? Just draw them on there. Yeah, he draws it on there. He <laughs> <laughs> He's got a black marker and he draws it on there. Oh, I want that, 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 that. You win, you legend. Or he just, he doesn't even have to have poker cards. It's like, okay, so you've got a seven, a three, and a Char Izard Pokemon card. Well, that wins. <laughs> a, a draw four from, from Uno. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got a gold 1990 Batman card there. Wow. Well, that just is an automatic win. He can even throw in his Opal card. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing he might be needing to put out is his bank card. Yeah, that's for sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I think we've come full circle. Can we, can we charge a consultancy fee for that? I think we should be. I, I, can, look, all we need is like one percent. Yeah, we're not. We're not greedy. Kalen, if you're listening. Can you just throw us 1% of your next contract? Because, look, like we've made you a $2 million player. Yeah. Straight away. Like, that's our starting point for you. And we've just helped clubs um, afford that as well by giving them a great idea there. Yeah. So, Poker, crowdfunding. Well, yeah, we've got two ideas. I mean, come on. Sack, sack your dad. He's no good as a manager. He hasn't come up with these great ideas. It's all us. 
This is why we're the experts. This is right. <laughs> this, this is the shit people tune in for. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah, mate. Go for it. So, well, I've got to go back through my Twitter list because right, I we'll, said... we'll, we'll start with the basic ones then while, while you're doing that, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. The one, well, not basic. The ones we know because they're always there because they're legends. Yeah. We've got uh, Richard Cranium. He's always, always promoting our podcast. He's always getting involved in the conversation, which we always love. And, yeah, give him a follow. Richard Cranium is a Parramatta fan. So he needs all the love and support he can get, yeah. Uh, there's also Nadine Chilvers. Yep. Uh, Arabella Zacchetto. Arabella, yeah. There was. Uh, they really loved our uh, episode, our last episode, where I basically gave them the reins to run Women's Rugby League. That's right, yes. We, uh, we gave them that job. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go and look through the the followers that we've got for the podcast. Okay, so okay, so I've got one because I, I I don't know what I was threatened with on Twitter here, but I, it might have been some sort of um I don't know some sort of assault. <laughs> you were threatened with you were threatened with assault, or you were Possibly. threatened to have assault? Or? Okay, so so sin soaked, right? Because yeah. I said anybody that retweets a certain post that I did, I'd give him a sh- shout-out. So Real at Real Sinsoaked said that he's going to listen and make sure that I give him a shout-out because uh, I think sometimes people think that I won't give them shout-outs. But so there you go, Sinsoaked. There's your shout-out. I was going uh, to say, let's not give him one. Well, it was, a, it was a friendly one. It wasn't a bad one. He said, let me see what he said. Um, oh man, I've lost it already. He said, "P.S. I'll check in, and real sin soak better get a mention, or I'll drag you into a hot stove match." Don't ask. Greeno pushed out on that one. Trust me, I can throw a friggin' stove. Now I don't actually know what any of that means, but uh, it's definitely involved in the starting block. So he, he's one of our followers from the starting block that's come in. So, uh, and I don't know what a stove match is, but I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised Greno would have would have um, not manned up there. He's he's a tough human. Yeah, I, I was too. I some mean, the, he's had to deal with vomit. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the stories I've heard Greno go through, and he, he's next level on, on the human rate, mate. He's no one's going to touch him. I wonder if this stove match has something to do with the Dutch oven. I'm starting to think that might be the case. I feel like it's the case. And in Greeno, that case, yeah. I mean, Greno is very classy. I don't think he'd, he'd go down, you know, down that avenue. No. In fact, I've, he'd be I'm have i pretty that. sure Greno doesn't fart. No. Well, if he does, it smells like roses. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty roses, pretty roses too with a really nice scent, not those shitty ones. Definitely. Now, I've got another retweet that was done by um, someone called Fuck Maths. Uh, It's at Fuck Maths. And, yeah, um, what can you say? (laughs) We also have the starting block, which they they retweeted because we love the starting block. There are. Yeah. Um, And Richard Cranium also retweeted the the post. It was a 
what was it? So, I did social experiment because I'm on I'm big on these social experiments at the moment. Is Darius Boyd up to play first grade for the Brisbane Broncos? I said, don't look at replies before you answer. And I don't think a single person said yes, he was. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, it was almost like a loaded question. Yeah, it definitely was. You need to, you need to ask him a completely different question. Something well, I asked, lines of, if your team could not sign one player, yeah, who would you prefer they didn't sign, Gutherson or Moses? Well, I... <laughs> then you get a bit of discussion going on. People are going to go, oh, geez, I don't know which one I, I couldn't sign. And they're probably worded as, you had to pick one. Well, I've so far I've done three of those social experiment ones, which is so, so fucking dicky, but I had to do it. I did name your favourite NRL player or rugby league player of all time. Yeah, I did I completely abused the premise of the whole thing. We really did. Um, I did, I did the Darius Boyd one. Oh, and I did uh, who name name the club that you think is breaking the salary cap and don't look. And of course, the f- fucking Roosters. I mean, it was just mostly people saying the Roosters. There was a, some other funny ones in there, like local teams and things like that. But uh, what's that? Some idiot said Annandale. Oh, yeah. Some some dope said Annandale. I was like, oh, jeez. Who's this thinking? moron? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there was, there was some funny responses to that one. So, yeah. But the social, when I saw people start doing social experiment, I was like, yeah, i gotta, I got to do this just to be a jerk. Well, the other thing we had been doing, and it comes from you, was uh, replying to adverts in Twitter. Oh, that's so much fun. I started I started following along a bit with the uh the podcast Twitter account as well. So we had some good ones there. Yeah. It was Catman Do got back to us. They, yes. they replied. They asked me who I think is gonna win the third game. Um Samsung replied? Yeah, you had Samsung reply. They were, they were promoting impressed. the S ten. We should be getting yeah. the, some promo for this. And I said yep. the audio sounds brilliant on our podcast and the video makes the uh Starting block podcast, uh, page of what are they? Periscope episodes look brilliant on there as well. And they should reply with yes, yeah. So, I th- it was so okay, now give us think. money, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm still waiting, we're still waiting for our new phones, eh? Yeah, yeah, I think we'll be waiting for a lot longer. Oh, Speaking right. of, there was a post from the starting block and it was footy related, yeah. It says that was a perfect Fergo Freak pod play. Gutherson made a break. Moses throwing a pass 10 metres over the head of the winger. <laughs> that was so good. It really was. <laughs> and, like, he threw it He threw it out. He almost threw it into the crowd, and they were playing at that bloody oval up in Darwin. Um, man, it was brilliant, that pass. Yeah. Tell you what, it was a good win by Parramatta, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, and you know what? It I only a... say that because I picked Canberra to win. Well, it was a typical Raiders loss, eh? Yeah, yeah, they... They had it. They had. They had it to lose. They mm. should have won that game easily, and yet they went out and said, "Let's just lose instead." Yeah, but how friendly are all their players? Oh, their players are wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah, cuddle. By the way, yeah. that loss by the Warriors. Wow. I mean, as as crazy of a win it was for the Panthers to lose to a team that you at one point have down to 11 players and who at least for 17 minutes of the game, you've got down to 12 players. And who just... started the match without their, their normal halfback. Oh, that's yeah. the worst loss of the 2019 season. And I find it hard. It's going to be really hard to beat. 
Especially and at home. Yep. That yeah. was that was woeful by the worries. But really? um no doubt Kearney will get a contract extension. Yeah, he'll be fine. No worries yeah. there. We've done a podcast about him too, so you can go check that out in the archives yeah. as well. We said he should have been sacked, what was it, about six weeks ago now? Yeah. Something like that. About yeah. seven hundred and fifty podcasts ago, that is. Yeah, yeah, go. We we do them every hour now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've actually uh, we're scheduled to do one twenty minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, it just rolled into this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this one Any other shout outs you can think of? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, um, seriously, is um, Ben Darwin from Gainline Analytics said that they've got two events on the tenth of July in Perth, a day talking about leadership performances and the like. Um, check him out on. On Twitter at Ben Darwin. Uh, see if you're interested in checking that out because it's not just sports related stuff. They do this for businesses as well. Help you get, you know, help you with leadership, help you with cohesion within the workplace, all this sort of stuff. Fantastic work that they do. Um, so if you want to find out more about it, definitely go to one of his uh, uh, leadership performance labs there and check them out. They are fascinating. Yeah, incredible stuff that he's doing. Um, and just as a bit of a heads up, we are going to have some really incredible guests coming up on the podcast over the next few weeks. Ones that, uh, even surprise us. <laughs> so yes. we've got, we've got an episode coming up that is really topical at the moment. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's really topical. And we have like just an incredible guest that we're very, very lucky to get in on the topic. Yep. So um, I cannot wait for that. That's going to be maybe our best best got, episode yet. So. We've got five unique people now lined up, I believe, mm. podcasts. And mm. they come from a, a very wide range of people involved in the game or involved in matters to do with the game. So, um, yeah, check that out. We'll have one up tomorrow, I believe. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. So, uh, can't wait for that one. Yeah, big month coming up, July. Hell We're yeah. Pod. Don't miss out. Get, get there and uh, subscribe to us and like us and give us a comment. Um, yeah. We've got plenty going on, so make sure you tune in and um, we might wrap this one up, mate. Yep. It's been a good episode. We've, we've really covered a lot. Absolutely. All right. We'll catch us all later. <laughs>